This is going to be a bit more of a scientific episode than I normally do, but I believe it is a topic that is very important to learn when going over bird biology and species accounts to truly appreciate how diverse the bird world is. Even within a species, there can be great variations of plumage, size, and behaviors. For example, I absolutely love red-tailed hawks. Their diversity is incredible. They also are a good example for this episode. At the very basic, the red-tailed hawk is classified as a species with the species name of Budeo jamaicensis. From there, they can be broken down into subspecies, of which, for the red-tailed hawk, there are 14. In addition, the red-tailed hawk has three color morphs, dark, light, and rufous. But what is the difference in all these terms? What classifies a species or a subspecies? All terms you would see very often in regards when someone is describing a bird. To understand these terms better and really appreciate bird diversity, we're going to dip into taxonomy, which is the science of classifying organisms. Hello and welcome to the World of Birds podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Fisk. This is a podcast featuring the great diversity found throughout the bird world, including unique behaviors, adaptions, habitats, and everything in between to help educate others and inspire action to help protect and conserve these amazing species. Current taxonomy has organisms broken down from largest groups to smallest, from families, genus, then species. A species is defined as a unit of classification of an organism. At its simplest, it is defined as the largest group of organisms where two individuals can produce fertile offspring. Biologists then have to give each species a scientific name or a binomial nomenclature, which is a two-part Latin name. The first part of the name is the genus in which the species belongs to. The second is the specific name, many times describing a major feature of the bird or sometimes named after the ornithologist that first discovered the bird species. But while the definition of a species may seem simple enough, it's not cut and dry and classification can be complicated and many times not agreed on by all biologists. In addition, there are even species that can produce fertile hybrids, thus not really aligning with that description of what a species is. One such example that breaks that definition is the blue wing warbler and the golden wing warbler. These species can create hybrids that can also reproduce. These two species will routinely interbreed and create the hybrids, the Brewster's Warbler and the Lawrence's Warbler. These hybrids will not only breed and reproduce with other hybrids, but also the two parent species, creating a range and possible appearances. This happens so routinely now that when you hear the song of either the Blue Wing or the Golden Wing Warbler, that you really should try and visually confirm if it's really the species that you think you're hearing, or if it's one of the hybrids. There is even an article published in 2006 that lists out 26 unique ways to define 
what classifies a species. Each has reasons for and against each method. Boundaries between species are also not always clear and exact. For example, species are constantly being reviewed and depending on factors such as DNA, song, and call dialects, plumage or behavior may be lumped together or split into multiple species. DNA analysis seems the most surefire way to classify a species, but genetic studies are expensive and it's not really feasible to test and organize all species. Then, with what amount of variation in their DNA would an individual be classified as a separate species? On top of that, evolution needs to be taken into consideration. It's constantly happening. Variations occur and in the same species in different areas may start to develop different traits. Over time, they may even become different species. It's not always clear when and at what point that change in classification should occur. Species are constantly being analyzed and sometimes can gain or lose the distinction of that label. Originally, the Baltimore Oriole and the Bullock's Oriole were separate species, until a scientist decided they were actually just one species, the Northern Oriole. But then, in 1995, it was decided, again, that they were separate species, and they were split again. Other species that have been lumped together are the yellow-shafted flicker and the red-shafted flicker, which are now just one species, the northern flicker, that has two color forms. Just like some species are lumped together, others are split. For example, the cackling goose used to just be considered a subspecies of the Canada goose. Now it is recognized as its own species. These lumping and splitting of species is a good example of how organisms are constantly being reviewed to determine if they qualify to be their own unique species. Since it is not always clear about how to classify an organism as a species, how do scientists and biologists go about determining what is a species and what is not? There are many ways that biologists can attempt to define and classify a species whether that be morphology, their characteristics, or through genetics. Originally, taxonomists, which are biologists who group organisms into categories, used morphology for species classification, meaning that they categorize species by their size, shape, structure, and other characteristics. If they looked and acted the same, they must be the same species. If they were different, then they were different species. General characteristics such as plumage color, body shape, size, bill shape are all important for a biologist to note when trying to classify if it is its own species. After that, more specific characters are also documented such as wing bars, facial markings, feather patterns, and tail shape, for example. All these major and minor characteristics are taken into consideration and compared with similar organisms to determine if it is unique enough 
to be classified as its own species. Although some species are so similar that one of the only reliable ways to tell the difference between them are their songs. Several flycatcher species in the genus Empidonax are an excellent example of this. Even in the hand, there really isn't an easy way to determine what species they are. Their calls and songs, though, are very different. Also, the eastern and western meadowlark look nearly identical, but due to having different songs, even in the areas where their range overlaps, they will not interbreed, leading to them being classified as separate species. Lately, DNA analysis has been used more often to try and classify species, where they will use phylogenetics to help make that determination. Phylogenetics is the study of how evolutionary related select organisms are to each other. While using this to help study and determine a species, it is also being used to determine a species' ancestry and categorizing them by family, which has led to many species family groups being completely changed over the years, and scientists learning that birds that they had previously believed were closely related were not, but more related to a completely separate group of species than originally thought. You may have noticed that not all species look alike. One individual from one part of the country may look or even behave differently from an individual on the other side of the country. Changes can occur to groups of a species that are separated geographically, often developing different characteristics such as plumage, diet, song, or preferred habitat. These changes can lead to the need of a subcategory of a species. So after you know what a species is, the next step down in classification can be a subspecies. Like the name implies, they are a subgroup of species that may have different characteristics. The most widely accepted definition for subspecies is from Mayer and Ashlock, which is a subspecies is an aggregate of phenotypically similar populations of a species inhabiting a geographic subdivision of the range of that species and differing taxonomically from the other populations of that species. Which, more simply, is that a subspecies is a smaller subgroup of a species that is divided by range and displays slight variations in each of these ranges. A subspecies will also be giving a third word to its scientific name, called a trinomen. For example, the eastern red-tailed hawk subspecies will have a scientific name of Budio jamaicensis borealis. For a species to have a subspecies, it must have two or more subgroups, which can vary from two all the way up to a species like the song sparrow, which has up to 24 different recognized subspecies. Another term you may hear when someone is describing a subspecies is it being called a race or a form, but these are usually just less formal terms used in place of the word subspecies. And with that, I wrap up this episode about what makes a species. I hope you enjoyed it and learned a few things about species classification. If you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to share it, leave a review, 
or follow this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Kayla Fisk Birds. Thanks for listening, all you lovely bird nerds, and have a great day.